good to be back. It's been a while since we've got to have the privilege of worshiping with all of you, and it's good to be back. Uh, I do bring to you tonight greetings from our brethren in Maine, and uh, it's a privilege to get to be up there and get to worship uh, with them for a while. It's good to be here tonight. If you're visiting with us, we're glad you're here. I'd like to welcome you and hope that you can continue to come back and join us anytime you're able to. I need this study, and I hope that uh, it will have some benefit for you tonight. In fact, it follows uh, along very closely paralleling our men's Bible study yesterday morning. Um, so I hope this will be good for you. Do you remember the song Oceans? I really like that song. I don't know if you do, but it really stands out in my mind. As you think about the first couple lines from it, it talks about you call me out upon the waters, the great unknown where feet may fail. And to me, it's just a humbling start to the song because it makes me realize that there are times when we will step out of the boat, step out of our comfort zone, step out of what is familiar and into the water, a place that we do not know where it's going to take us. It's unfamiliar territory and often uncomfortable circumstances. And yet we know that many times that is where we are need to be, called to be. Let me give you some examples. Sometimes we must leave our comfort zone to go talk to people about Jesus. We don't really know what their response is going to be, but we know that's what we need to do because of our love for them. Sometimes we are called to make a stand for Jesus. Though we know that we are going to meet criticism along the way, but it's something that we've got to do. For some, it may be stepping down from a high-paying job to take a different position because you know it's the best thing for your family. You don't really know how it's going to end. That's just something you need to do. Sometimes it is to change the direction of a child's life. Sometimes it is to work on a project that almost seems too big for you, and yet you know the impact that will have in the kingdom of God if you will just step out and do it. And sometimes... We don't step out on our own. We are just dumped out. We've had those times, too, where the boat just dumps us out. And those can be even harder times in my mind. Sometimes it's because you received the result from a medical test that you were hoping not to receive. Sometimes it's a loss of a job. Sometimes someone close to you passes away and you are out in the water. And I guess the idea that I'm trying to bring out is there are times where we will be out of our comfort zone, out of the familiar, but we're not really at the end yet of whatever the new normal is going to be. And we are in the water, and those waves are coming, and what do we do? What do we do? And as we think about the Bible, it is filled with characters that have been through so many similar circumstances because this is what life is, is sometimes we're in the boat and sometimes we're in the water. And the one I want to look at tonight is, is the familiar character of David. And if you just call to mind 
You know, when we first meet David in Scripture, he is a shepherd. That is his familiar, that is his comfort zone. And yet, think about that day that just he was out tending sheep, and then he's called into town because of the prophet is there and wants to see him. And he goes from being a shepherd boy that morning to being anointed king over Israel. And suddenly he is out of his boat because there's a problem still, and the king, the current king, Saul, is still king. God hasn't removed him yet. It would be a kind of a weird situation, kind of awkward to navigate. I mean, think about it in a job setting. You're called in. It's a job that you want. You're excited about. And the boss says, yes, you're a hire. This is what I need you to do. But he doesn't get rid of the person that you're replacing. How would you navigate that going forward? And so we see David really in a position of being in the water for, I'm not sure what that number is, 10, 15 years of his life. That's a long time to navigate those waters. Sometimes it's up, sometimes it's popularity, sometimes he's having success in battle, and other times he's being hunted down. Other times he's escaping a murder attempt. Other times he is having to deal with someone that's helped him but then is killed because they helped him. So David has a lot to share with us about being in the water. Psalm 16 is where I'd like to begin tonight. Psalm 16. Psalm 16, starting in verse 1. Psalm of David. It says, Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. I love this about David, and it's nothing new for us tonight. But when he is in trouble, he runs to God. If you, if you turn over just a couple of Psalms to Psalm 13, Psalm 13, we see that David really doesn't hold anything back as he is talking to God. He's not doing it in any disrespectful manner, but he's going to tell God exactly how he's feeling. It says in verse 1 of Psalm 13, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemies say I prevailed over him. Lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. I think David here is giving us a pattern to follow as well. Not only is he running to the Lord, but he is telling God everything that he is thinking. He is not holding back. Again, not in a disrespectful way, but he is clearly communicating the way that he is feeling. If you go back to Psalm 16, I think we see part of why David is able to do these things. Uh, Psalm 16 and verse 7 and 8, it says, I will bless the Lord who gives me counsel, and the night also my heart instructs, instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be, uh, I shall not be shaken. See the closeness of God. He is at my 
right hand. And as we are in the waters, we need to stay very close to God. And he goes on to talk about the Lord is the one who gives him his counsel. And as I think about David, as I think about his response to being in the water, it's almost as if he would say, how can I do anything else? Here's the crisis. I'm running to God. I'm running to him in prayer. I'm running to him looking at scripture. How can I do anything else? If we go back to Psalm 13, he does some things in his psalms. Some of these seem more like prayers, uh, Psalm 13, that is interesting. After he has told God how he is feeling, just the discouragement, the fear, the doubt, he says, but, in verse 5 of, chapter thir- uh, of Psalm 13, but I have trusted in your steadfast love, And I really think this is an interesting part of David is he'll lay his emotions out, but then his emotions are anchored in God's character. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. He continues to come back to the character of the Lord. And we see this a lot in his Psalms. Uh, Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation, starting in verse 1. Psalm 27, verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And he continues to anchor, God is, and it starts to change David's mindset. God is, God is. He also does something else. Not only does he remind himself about who God is, but he also reminds himself constantly of God hears and answers. Psalm 4, verse 3 says, But know the Lord has set apart the godly for himself. The Lord hears when I call to him. And then Psalm 5, verse 3. O Lord, in the morning you hear my voice. Psalm 6, and verse 9. The Lord has heard my plea. The Lord accepts my prayer. David continues to remind himself that God is listening and that God is answering. When we were in uh, Massachusetts, uh, we stopped over one Wednesday night. And one of the preachers there uh, was making a point out of Romans 8.28 where it talks about how God works all things for the good of those who love him. And he said, really, God answers prayers in one of three ways. It's either yes, yes but not now, or no, because I have something you need more. And as we think about that, that gives us courage, it gives us comfort, And it helps give us boldness as we think about the fact that God hears and he answers. So God is, God hears and answers. And then David also, as we read through the Psalms, recalls a lot about how God has helped him in the past, his history. I'm not going to take time to read it, but Psalm 18, uh, if you just look at the title of, of what is happening here, of Psalm 18, it says, To the choir master, a psalm of David, 
the servant of the Lord, who addressed the words of this song to the Lord on the day when the Lord delivered him from the hand of all of his enemies and from the hand of Saul. And if you uh, look at verses 31 through 48, he just continues to go back and back and tell about what God has done for him. And we'll come back to this idea of recalling how God has helped us in the past. But all of these ways are helping David anchor his perspective in God. And when we do this, it allows for bold action and confident action. So even though we are in the midst of the waters, we can move forward boldly and confidently, even though we really don't know the end result. Psalm 13, that we keep coming back to, it's interesting, some of the wording that David used. We've looked at this from the standpoint of seeing David's emotions and the fact that nothing is really resolved yet. But if you look at verse 5, it talks about my heart shall rejoice. Something that hasn't happened yet, but he is confident in God's answer. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Psalm 6 is another example of the same pattern where David in verse 2 of Psalm 6 talks about, be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am languishing. Heal me, O Lord, for my bones are troubled. David again is in trouble, but as we look at the uh, last verse of that Psalm, Psalm 6 verse 10, says, all my enemies shall be ashamed and greatly troubled, and they shall turn back and be put to shame in a moment. The solution, the end result has not come, and yet David is able to move forward in a bold and confident manner. One of my favorite stories of David is when he faces the giant. has so much, it's so rich, has so many good things to pull from it. But if you think about it, there is a nation of men, warriors, that are frozen in fear. And here comes this shepherd boy into the camp, and he remembers about what God has done for him in the past. The bear, the lion, and he can move forward in a bold and confident manner. When our perspective is anchored in God's character, it allows us to move forward boldly and confidently, even though we don't know what the outcome will be. But this is what I find that is hard. Sometimes it's hard to stay rooted in this perspective. Because it takes work. It really takes work to see life through God's eyes. We live in this physical world. I see things through what I can or cannot do. And to be able to look beyond that takes time. It takes work. It takes study. It takes prayer. It takes reflection. And then when I finally think that I've, I've got this, I'm ready to go out, I'm ready to meet this, the next wave comes in from Satan of fear and doubt and sweeps me farther along, and I've got to start over again. But what I find about myself is a lot of times I don't want to go back and put the work in. A lot of times I just want to be distracted from it. Get on my phone Think about other things instead of going back and putting the work into it. 
But I have to go back. I have to work on building spiritual muscle. I have to persevere. Because if I can persevere, I can, as Justin has been talking about, advance the reputation of the Lord. If we look at just a piece of this narrative on David and Goliath in 1 Samuel 17. 1 Samuel 17. David is at that point. He is facing the giant. And in 1 Samuel 17, verse 44, the Philistine says to David, Come to me, and I will give you flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. And David said to the Philistine, You come with me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. And I will give the dead bodies of the host of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth. And then this is so good that follows it, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. So many men stood frozen in fear, could not move, could not take on this giant. David comes up, and he wants that all the earth to know that there is a God in Israel. And that the assembly may know that the Lord saves, not with sword and spear. For the battle is the Lord, and he will give you into his hand. David anchored himself in God's character and was able to bring glory to God and advance God's reputation by staying focused, by persevering. And I think here is kind of the climax of the point. And sometimes we don't return back to the camp with the giant's head. But if we anchor ourselves in God's character, using prayer and scripture as our most powerful tools, if we go forward boldly and confidently because of who God is, his character, and we persevere, we continue to go back, re-anchor ourselves, go back again, we can still advance the character, the reputation of God. Because it's not really about me, it's about God. And that is the neat thing as we close in Psalm 13 again, we see about David. Even though whatever his circumstances are have not been resolved, he prepares his heart to praise. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. So beautiful. Uh, David is such a good example for us. I know it's a lesson that I have needed. I hope that in some way that it has been beneficial for you tonight. But if there's anything we can do for you tonight, please come now as we stand and sing.